Thanks for joining us on the Authentic Church Podcast. Let's jump right into this week's message. If you haven't been here over the last few weeks, we have been in a series titled Words Matter. And I have been teaching you that the words that come out of your mouth matter to God, whether it's a good day or a bad day. But I also warned you in the very beginning, because I said that this sermon series may get in your grill a little bit may put you in your place. And at this time, you may nudge your significant other and say, did it put you in your place right now? Did God speak to you? Or maybe God is speaking to you today on your words and just the effect that your words have on people. Because the Bible tells us that what you speak can cause life or death into any situation. But also, I want to say this, that pressure from God is good. Why is pressure good in our life? From God. Even though it may bring troubles in our life or situations we don't understand, why do we need pressure from God? Here's the reason why. Because pressure will always reveal the inner sin in our heart. Pressure will always reveal the secret sins that we have been holding on to. Maybe you're not even familiar with, but everybody else knows it's in your life because it comes out of your mouth. Let me give you an example of this. In Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10, God revealed that he allowed pressure into the Israelites' uh, camp to, uh, for them to repent. And we know that they went into Babylon, into captivity because they rebelled against God. But listen to what God said about the pressure he brought upon their life. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10. He said, I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. Rather, I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. In other words, God was saying, I'm going to make you pure by bringing troubles in your life. Like, what? Like, what, what do you mean, God? Like, you're going to bring troubles in my life? And the thing is, when I say something like that, nobody says amen. <laughs> nobody yells and you're like, okay, God, come on, bring the troubles. I'm ready. No, nobody says that. We want the blessings. We want the, the peace. We want everything to be great. We don't want troubles. Why would God allow troubles in our life? And if you know the story, you know that Israel was rebelling against God. They were worshiping the idols of the world. They were following the ways of the world and they were allowing this sin, listen to me, to come into their life and attack and try to destroy the promises that God spoke over them. Every time you open up a door to sin, that sin will attack the promises of God in your life because it's up to you to follow God in obedience or to walk away. So God handed them over to their troubles. He said, all right, I'm going to allow some pressure in your life. You're going to go into captivity. And Babylon came in and they destroyed everything. They took everything, but they also humbled them. And when they were humbled, guess what happened? They repented and they started to worship the one true God again. In other words, God may allow troubles in your life, listen, to save your life. God may allow troubles in your life to save your life. But how easy is it to have those troubles happen and you just want to blame God? How tempting is it to just yell at the sky, God, how come you're allowing this in my life? I'm trying to do the right thing. How come all I deal with is troubles today? And I've realized for my own life, God has convicted me and put me in my place. Don't you dare blame God. <laughs> because most of the times these trials that come into your life are due to the doors that you actually opened yourself. The times that you disobeyed God. The times that God said, don't do that. Well, I want to do what I want to do, right? I want to talk to who I want to talk to. I want to be at this place when I want to be in this place. God says, okay, I'll hand you over. And you'll see it's not what you thought it was. And you'll see the hardships that come into your life. You're going to open up the door to some troubles. But when you come back, I'll be here. I'll be here to redeem you and to restore you. I love Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3. It states this. It says, people ruin their lives with the foolish things that they do. And then they blame who? 
They blame the Lord. We make these decisions in our own life, and then we get angry at what happens, so we start to blame God. God wants to allow these troubles to humble you. The same is with your words. There's going to be pressure in your life, and God is watching the words that come out of your mouth when that pressure comes. Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says it like this. What people say with their mouths comes from what fills their heart. So it's in those moments of pressure, a situation that you didn't like, that the words, the true words of your heart really come out. Let's say you're in a heated argument with somebody, and they call you names, and you want to call them a piece of... I just woke somebody up right there, didn't I? You want to call them what, though? What do you want to call them? They're still created in the image of God. Let's say you're driving and you have a little bit of road rage and everybody knows it. And somebody cuts you off and you want to say, well, you can go to where? Where you want them to go? You want them to go to heaven? You going to pray for them? Don't allow your anger to make you sin and not think properly of what the Lord is doing in that situation. And believe me, God cares about every idle word that you speak. For there are some people that condemn their spouse because they did something wrong, because they made a mistake, because they forgot something, and they condemn their spouse with every word in the book, everything that they can think of, and then they show up on a Sunday morning praising God. And God knows. He knows your heart. He knows what's on the inside even before you know it, so he may allow troubles to come into your life so that you can see this hidden sin that needs to get out because it's attacking the promises of God that God has spoken over your life. James chapter three, verse nine and 10 says it like this. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Every person is made in the image of God. Whether you like them or not, they're still created in the image of God. And it says, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. And my brothers and sisters, this should not be. It shouldn't be. In every situation, that is a moment to share the light of God's love. Because here's what I noticed. People say, well, they talked about me first. Like, they said something about me. So it's their fault. You know who else says that? My children. <laughs> well, they said this about me, so I'm going to say this about them. No, God is calling us to mature, to be above that to not act like the darkness of the world, but be a light and show them the love of God. Yeah, you said that about me, and it hurt. And you can be honest with God. God, they, they really hurt me, and I'm dealing with some things right now, but don't allow me to become like them. Muzzle my mouth if you have to, Lord. Help me to speak differently, to not be like them, to be a light in the darkness. And here's what I learned in my own life, though. And this is really powerful, and I hope this could help you today. But I learned that in the areas of my life where I complain the most were usually the areas of my life where I trusted God the least. The areas of my life where I complained the most were usually the areas of my life that I trusted God the least. I've realized for a long time, and God has put me in my place over this as well, that I spoke a poverty language. I spoke a poverty language over my life, my upbringing, my parents did the best that they could, but we went through some things. Sometimes it was hard financially to pay for things. And so I remember growing up and I would speak things like, well, maybe one day I'll have enough money to be happy. That's <laughs> uh, funny because where does joy come from? It comes from the Lord, it comes from love. It doesn't matter my situations because you could have all the money in the world and still be depressed and still feel lonely. That's not happiness, 
right? There's a joy that only comes from the Lord. Or I would say things like, well, if I just had enough money, then I can get out of debt. If I just had enough money, God, I'll start giving. I didn't need more money. I needed more faith. I needed understanding. Because there were times, and I've been openly um, clear about this in my past, that even as a pastor, there were times that I was not giving because I was not trusting the Lord with my finances. And me and my wife would have arguments about that. By the way, tomorrow, me and my wife are celebrating 13 years of marriage, so pray for her. She's had to deal with me for 13 years. (laughs) But she put me in my place, too. And she said, well, I'm giving. I said, all right. All right, fine. And the Lord worked on me, but here's what I understood, or here's what he allowed me to understand, is that God was calling me not to be the owner of the money in my life, but the steward of his money. Because here's what's crazy. In my own life, in my own testimony, I started giving the year I did evangelism. So when I got a paycheck, I wasn't giving. But the year I did evangelism, not knowing where my money was coming from, that was the year I said I'm giving to the Lord. And I noticed in my own life that every time God provided and I gave, God would do something spectacular. God would provide miracles. We received money in the mailbox at our doorstep. Well, people we don't even know that said, hey, God told me to give you this. I'm like, okay. (laughs) He did it for an entire year. That was the year I started to give. And I realized that everything good truly does come from him. Because even though you work, listen, you can lose your job tomorrow. Something could happen to you today and it all be over, even if you think you're in a good financial place. My God is the one who's in control. And when you know that, you don't have to deal with anxiety and fear every day, right? You pray, you give it over to the Lord, and you trust that what he has for you is good. You just be obedient. But this type of mindset rescued me from the bondage that was in my life, this poverty language. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says it like this, my people are destroyed for lack of what? Lack of knowledge, lack of understanding the word of God and following him. And also what freed my my mind was this, instead of being full of all the doubts that were in my head, like I don't have enough, there's no way anything's gonna change, it's not gonna change for my family, I started to speak the words of God instead. I started to speak the words of Jesus over my life. Anytime I experienced stress or anxiety, what did Jesus say? Matthew chapter six, verse 33. Seek the kingdom of God first above all else, and live righteously. Be obedient to the Lord, even when it's hard. Even when you don't understand how he will provide, how he will take care of you, how he will get you through. You become obedient to the Lord, and he will give you everything you need. You know what I love about this verse? God didn't say he would give you everything you want. He said he would give you everything you need, because not everything you want is what you need. Think about your past. That relationship you said you wanted, Mm, not today, because God showed you what you need, and he showed you what you deserve. And so understand that sometimes God allows these troubles in our life to purify us, to help us understand the things that we actually need to get away from. But here's what I love about the subject of of giving, right? There's this other revelation I want to show you. And I just showed you that Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10, that God purified Israel by allowing pressure into their life. And the same language, listen to this, the same language is found at a Malachi chapter three about your giving. Let me show you. Malachi chapter three, verse three and four says, he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. 
and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring what? He'll purify them and they will bring offerings and righteousness to the Lord. Then they offered of the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem were pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, as in the former years. God was purifying his people by telling them to give. You know what God was really saying? Trust me. It is so easy for money to become your God. It truly is. It is so easy for all your peace to be completely dependent on the money in your bank. And God is saying, no, 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 that's not the way to live. And maybe it's something else. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's these relationships. Maybe it's your status. Maybe it's your position. But listen again, all these things can be taken away. God was saying, no, trust me. I love you. I'm a good father. And how will he purify his people? Listen to this. I love this. Matthew chapter three, verse 10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And thereby God says, put me to the test. It is the only scripture throughout the entire Bible where God says, put me to the test. What are you gonna do? If God told you to put him to the test, what are you gonna do? Be obedient to him. He says, put me to the test. Says the Lord of hosts, and see if I would not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. And here's what I've realized throughout the Bible. To pass this purification test, you must trust God in the area you complain the most. What's coming out of your mouth today? What do you complain about the most? What kind of language are you speaking? Are you like me where you spoke this poverty language or maybe you're speaking this anxiety talk over your life? Maybe you're completely stressed out and it's all anybody hears. Maybe you're speaking in a way that's just petty and you're causing divisions because somebody hurt your feelings. Be careful of hurt feelings because if you don't give them over to the Lord, trust me, that is an open door for the devil and his demons to come into your life and want you to condemn them so that you condemn yourself. And it's so easy for a heart to become so hardened by life, by what people said about you, that you can walk away not only from church, but you can walk away from God. The Bible never said your feelings won't get hurt by people. Even look at the disciples. They argued among themselves as well. The churches, the letters to the churches out of the New Testament, they were, they were telling them over and over again how to be in brotherly love, how to love each other, how to pray for each other, how to build each other up when life gets hard. And here's what Jesus does. When your feelings are hurt, he grabs your hand and he wants you to continue walking. And he says, look, I know, I know what they said, it hurt you. I know, I know what happened to you, it's not fair. Listen, it's not fair but you got a mission to keep going forward. You have to keep going. I'm with you. I'm never going to leave you alone because Jesus knew exactly how it felt. He knows what it felt like to be betrayed, to be hurt, to be persecuted, but the mission of God will stand. And one day we will be in the kingdom of God for all eternity. No more pain, no more hurt feelings. But what's your mouth doing right now when your feelings are hurt? Are you causing more divisions? Ephesians chapter four, verse two and three says it like this. For you have been called by God to always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Look to somebody next to you and tell them, I'm gonna be patient with you. Maybe just for today, but I'm gonna be patient with you. I'm gonna try, 
uh, to be patient with you today. But listen, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. I love that. Nobody in this church is perfect. None of us. Only Jesus is perfect. So I love that it says making allowance for each other's faults because somebody will mess up. Somebody will make a mistake, but you'll be able to look past it because of your love for God. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. (laughs) But you may be saying, but pastor, they started it. They said that about me. Listen, they may have started it. You finish it by speaking the words of God, by honoring God with your lips, by seeing a miracle happen in a situation where people did not believe a miracle could happen, and that will become your testimony and a testimony of God's grace. So here's what I want to do today. I want to end this series today. And by the way, this is the final message of the series. Next week, I'm going to start something new. Uh, But today, I want to teach you three revelations on how to speak a language that pleases God, a language that pleases God and helps undo the damage of your past words. So the title of today's message is this. It's God's language. God's language, how to speak a language that pleases the Lord. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 says it like this. Words satisfy the soul as food satisfies the stomach. And the right words on a person's lips can bring satisfaction. Okay, so point number one is this. Speak God's language of faith. Speak God's language of faith. Faith talk over your situations, over your life. God, I know you can do something even though right now I do not understand. Paul said it like this. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. He said, I believed, so I spoke. Our faith is like that too. We believe and so we speak. What does that mean? It means that we believe in what Jesus did for us upon the cross. Therefore, we can't help but tell people about it. I can't help but go around and meet people and say, hey, let me tell you about how my life completely changed. Who I used to be is not who I am today. Why? Because I believed in what Jesus did for me and I'm gonna speak about it today. God is calling you to speak by faith, to show people and teach people the love of God like never before. And faith talk is this, it's hearing from God and speaking it out loud even before you see it. Guess what? A long time ago, God showed my family the vision of this church. And when we didn't know how it would come together or how any of it would work, we still spoke it out loud and we believed in what God had for us. The same is for you. What is God speaking to you today? And you may be saying, but everything around me is falling apart. It's okay. You're not meant to live by the environment around you. You're meant to live by what? By faith. Not by the things that you see, but by hoping in what God has for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, For we live by faith, not by sight. And I love Romans chapter 8, verse 24, because it also says, listen, faith means that you're hoping for something better. It means that you don't have it right now, but it's meant to be that way because the only way to have hope is to not have it yet, but to know that it's coming. And that gives you the willpower and the strength that keep going to not stop. Romans chapter 8, verse 24, for we are saved to have this hope. Because if we can see what we're waiting for, that's not really hope. People don't hope for something they already have. So what does this mean for you? What does faith talk look like right now in your circumstances, for your family, in your situation? Maybe it means you need to speak God's will, even though everybody's coming to attack your character. 
Speak God's will, what, what he's going to do out of this situation, even though everybody's griping about you or talking about you behind your back and you feel like you're the only one still standing, but you better speak God's will and know that God can do something out of that. Maybe it's speaking God's provision. You're a single parent trying to do the best you can, trying to raise your children, trying to do the right thing, and it's hard, but you know that your God, our God, will provide in all circumstances, in all situations. Maybe it means to speak healing over a relationship that you thought was too far gone, could never be repaired. Maybe it's a marriage that has been split up and torn apart and hurt over and over and over again, yet God still wants to do something. Are you listening, though? It's hard. Because you know what gets in the way of hearing God when it comes to this? It's pride. And the Bible says that pride always comes before the fall. <laughs> but God wants to rescue you from that. So speak faith to talk. And what I want to show you today is that since the beginning of time, God created us to speak by faith from the very beginning. Because how did God speak out of the, out of the Genesis account? Let me show you. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now listen. The earth was formless and empty, and the darkness covered the deep waters. What if God stopped right there? What if he did like a lot of us and looked down at the world and said, oh, that's dark. That's gloomy. I don't want to be there. That doesn't look fun. There's no way anything could happen to this because that's what we do. We look at our situations and our relationships and our life right now. We look at the darkness of it or the gloominess of it or what other people say. And there's no way God could do anything. But what did God speak? He looked at the darkness of the world and he said, let there be light. He spoke it into existence and we are created in the image of God, but God changed the world by speaking it into the world. So when you speak God's promise, you speak God's changes over your own life. Do you understand the power of that? Stay with me because this is really good. This means that no matter what is coming to attack you or how hurt you feel, God can change that situation. And you speak his promises and the light over no matter what is coming up against you. But I also want to remind you of this important truth that we see out of the Bible. Listen to this. Every miracle out of the Bible was ignited by someone speaking by faith first. Think about that. Every miracle we see out of the Bible was ignited by someone speaking by faith first. And we know that Father Abraham was very faithful. And if you don't know who Abraham is, he is the father of the nation of Israel, and God promised him a son, and it wasn't easy. He went through a lot of trials, but listen to what Paul said about Abraham's faith, and I love this. Romans chapter four, verse 16 and 17. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures mean when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in God. Why did this happen? Because Abraham believed in God. Now listen to the next two sentences, okay? He believed in God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Abraham is the father of faith of the nation of Israel because he believed God could do what God said he would. He can create new things out of nothing. He can raise the dead back to life. And the same thing for you. Now listen to verse 21. It also says this. Paul said he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Abraham was a, an amazing man of faith. 
But again, if you know his story, he was human. And he had a lot of ups and downs, and there were times that he was discouraged. God promised him a son. How old was he when Isaac was born? He's 100 years old. <laughs> that wasn't part of his plan. <laughs> Would that be part of your plan? Maybe you're praying for something right now, and God has spoken it over you, but it's going to take some time for you to get there. And that's okay because God always knows what he's doing. And he was creating this testimony that would prove to the world that God can do the impossible. There's nothing for it. There's nothing impossible that God can't do. But at the age of 100, Abraham had Isaac and he went through all these ups and downs before that he had doubts in his mind. He also did listen to other people's suggestions that got him in trouble at times. But he always came back to the Lord. He always repented. And God's promise still stood in his life. And Isaac was born at the age of 100, or while well, he was at the age of 100. But listen to this, because when Isaac was born, God tested him in a way that doesn't make sense to the world. Many people would read this story and, and not understand, but God told Abraham, listen, take your son Isaac, who was a little older at this time. I want you to take him to the mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him. How does that make you feel as a parent? And some of you can relate to this because maybe for a long time you prayed over a child and it looked like it wasn't going to happen, but then God gave you that miracle. The same is for Abraham. He prayed and prayed and prayed. Now he finally had Isaac in his life and God is telling him to go to a mountain and sacrifice his son. This is not the character of God. Right? This is what God called him out of her. He called Abraham out of the land of Ur, the Chaldeans, because this was a pagan practice. They would sacrifice their own children. This is not what God does. This is not the character of God. Why would God ask him to do such a thing? And here's what I love about Abraham. Because it can be very easy in those moments that you don't understand what God is doing to curse God. It can be tempting to walk away to curse this situation, to curse God, and no longer have faith in what God is doing for your life. But instead of cursing God, he trusted the Lord, and his faith talk was so extreme. I'm about to show you what he said, okay? So here's what happened. Genesis chapter 22, verses 4 and 5. He's already heard from the Lord. It says, on the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up, and he saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told his servants. Listen to his words. Listen to his faith talk. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and we'll come right back. Do you notice that Abraham said this? We're going to go worship, but we're going to come back. I don't understand why God told me to do this, and this hurts my heart. But I believe that what God has in the end Will still be good. He's going to do something. He's going to show me a miracle. Listen to another thing that Abraham said. This is the faith talk that came out of his mouth. Genesis chapter 22, verse 8. Right before this, Isaac asked Abraham, where's the offering? Here's what Abraham said. He said, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked together. But again, how does this make you feel? Reading something like this. This is the worst thing that any father or mother could ever experience. Why would God allow such trouble, allow such pressure in Abraham's life who was just trying to be faithful? Let me show you. Because as the story continues, Abraham raises his knife and it says, listen, the angel of the Lord called from heaven. Genesis chapter 22, 11 through 13. The angel of the Lord said, don't lay a hand on the boy. 
the angel said. Don't hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. Verse 13, then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram caught and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. What did Abraham say before? He said, the Lord will provide an offering. What did the Lord do? He provided an offering. What did he also say to his servants? Hey, me and my son, we'll be back. We're going to go worship the Lord, but we'll be back. He didn't understand fully what God was doing, but here's the beauty of this story right here. Did you know the phrase, the angel of the Lord is very distinct? It's very different from the other angels that we see throughout the Bible. The angel of the Lord appeared to Moses at the burning bush. And the angel of the Lord appeared here to stop Abraham from sacrificing his own, his own son. And many scholars believe that this angel of the Lord is actually Jesus Christ, the son of God. Angel just meaning that he was a messenger from the father. So think about it like this. As he was about to sacrifice his one and only son, it's Jesus that shows up and says, don't do it. The father will prepare an offering for you, for the sins of the world. Every wrong thing that we've done in our life, every wrong word that we've chosen to speak out over our life, everything, Jesus paid that price for you. He wanted us, God wanted us to understand the feelings of this so that we can get a little glimpse of how he felt with the son of God being upon the cross for our own sins. God said, it'll never be you. Jesus said, it will be me. And this is the beautiful picture of the gospel, but also understanding what Jesus really did for you. John chapter three, verse 16, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Faith talk. Abraham spoke words of faith that God would provide before God provided. Noah spoke words of faith about a flood before the deluge, before anybody ever saw rain. He was building a boat, looking loony to everybody around him. Like, why is he building a boat? What is rain? What's a flood? How's that going to happen? David spoke faith words against a giant when the whole Israelite army was afraid to fight back. What are you speaking right now? What are you afraid of? Here's what I noticed from my life, and this really has helped me. I pray that it helps you, that when your mind is full of doubt, fight back by speaking faith out loud. When your mind is full of doubt, when the enemy is getting inside of your head and making you think of all the things that are gonna go wrong and how it's not gonna work, start speaking out the promises of God. No, but I know the vision God's given me. I know that I'm not the smartest in all these subjects or in this situation, but God will provide exactly who I need to help me right now. God will do that for you. But that faith that comes out of your mouth, it ignites the miracle about to take place. So what are you speaking? Point number two is this. So let me show you this. Speak God's language of praise. This is a very interesting topic to me, okay? Because the Bible shows us that words of praise is a literal gateway into the presence of God. Listen to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 18. Isaiah 60, verse 18 says, you will name your walls salvation and your gates praise. Notice the gate here is referred to as praise. Now listen to this. Psalm 100 verse four, one of my favorite verses. Enter his gates with what? With thanksgiving. And his courts with what? Praise. How do you enter into the gates of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the presence of God with praise and thanksgiving? What would a Sunday look like if we all came in here and just shouted a bunch of doubt? <laughs> 
harsh words, condemning each other. How would you feel? I'm never going back to that church. You shouldn't. But have you ever noticed that even on a Sunday morning, let's say it's been a chaotic morning for you, you're yelling at the family, you're trying to be here on time, and you're telling everybody, all right, we got to be there, and you haven't had your coffee, so the monster inside is about to come out, and you're like, all right, God, do something in me today, and you come in here, and you start praising God, and everything changes. Like everything changes. Your tone starts to change, your demeanor the way you feel. Why? Because when you praise God and give him your, your full heart, the gates open up and his presence is before you. Listen, King David said that when we praise God, he shows up and makes himself known. Listen to this, Psalm chapter 22, verse three. But you are holy. O you who are enthroned in the holy place where the praises of Israel are offered. Your throne sits on the top of our praises. And so when we praise the Lord, it's an actual gate. But I also want you to understand this. Here's what I'm telling you. Your words in life create gates. So here's what I'm saying. So in your life, no matter how hard it may be, when you praise God, you open up that gate for God's presence to come into your life, into your home, into your heart, right? We praise him, we open up that gate. But guess what? The world we live in is hard. And sometimes we don't praise, we don't live by faith, and sometimes we curse and we condemn. And so the same mouth can also open up the gate of hell into your life as well by condemning other people. And because of that, you left the gate wide open and guess what? Devil and his demons will come right in and that cloud of depression will be all over your house and all over your life. That fear and anxiety will be all over you. Why? Because your mouth just opened up that gate and said, come on in. I'm not ready to believe. I'm not ready to keep moving by faith. I just want to sit here in my misery. Why do we do that? Why? So many of us have such a hard time believing in what God can do, we would just rather sit in misery and disbelief. And that opens up the gate for the enemy to walk into your life. You have a choice, but either way, you're opening up a gate. What gate are you opening up with your words? Because I realize this too. For many of us today, and this, this is heavy on my heart, but as believers in Christ, so many of us are speaking the language of the devil and not of God. What is the language of the devil? It's unbelief. It is never believing in what God can do in your situation or what he has for you. Do you understand that this is the same thing the Pharisees did? The Pharisees saw the miracles of Jesus every day. I want you to think about that. The Pharisees saw these miracles happening every single day. So when somebody comes up to me and says, well, I'll believe in God if I see a miracle. No, you won't. You won't. Because your heart right now is hard. And God can show you so many miracles every day. But until you humble yourself and know the Lord in an intimate way, you'll never believe. Because the Pharisees saw these miracles all the time and they could have praised God. They could have opened up the gate for their own salvation and repentance. Have you ever thought about that? But instead, they condemned Jesus and condemned themselves by their words. There was one time that Jesus healed this man of demon possession. He cast out these demons. What did they say? Matthew chapter 12, verse 24. This is the Pharisees. They said, no wonder he can cast out demons for he gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. What did they do with their mouth? They accredited the power of God to the power of Satan. 
And because they condemned Jesus again, they condemned themselves. <laughs> because they would not believe. Do you understand? Listen, for God to be God, he must be a God of miracles. He has to be. For God to be who he says he is, he must be a God of miracles because how are we restored and redeemed and forgiven? By the miracle of believing that Jesus Christ raised from the dead for our sins. Otherwise, our sins would not be forgiven. God is a God of miracles. But listen, the same thing happens in your relationships today. Let me ask you this. Have you closed the gate to some of the relationships in your life or even your marriage by the words that have come out of your mouth? What are you saying to your spouse, to your loved ones? You're worthless. I can't trust you. I don't want to be around you. I can't stand you. What does it do? You completely separated yourself from them. Here's what I noticed. Because everybody talks about being a Proverbs 31 woman, right? In Proverbs chapter 31, there are actually a list of the accomplishments of the virtuous woman. Listen to one of the accomplishments. Proverbs 31, verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Now, what does this mean? I believe she opened the gates for her husband by words of praise. Her husband sits with the elders because of her words of praise in their relationship, in their marriage. What am I telling you? I'm telling you this. The words, I believe in you, can go a long way. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We've made some mistakes, but I'm not leaving, and we're going to make it through. I trust you. I love you. We can see ourselves redeemed and restored. These words of praise can bring healing. But as soon as you start to condemn, don't come on my side. That's what we do. And God showed me the power words this morning. I, I didn't even have this in my sermon, but I feel like I need to share this. I saw a picture of my son at this podium, and I actually posted it this morning, and it made me remember that before he was born, uh, I had a dream about him. My wife did too, but we both recorded the dream and put it in this baby book before he was born. But in my dream of my son, I saw him sitting on the floor. He was so happy. He had a big, bald, beautiful head. Okay, I love you. Um, <laughs> bright blue eyes, blonde hair. I wrote this in the description before he was born. And what I saw in the dream was this. The spirit of God was all over him. He was glowing. And that's where this joy came from. And so as I see this picture of my son now at the podium, I realize it's through all these years of my wife and I speaking these words of God, this, this language of God, or the promises that God spoke over him and what God is doing in his life and how God is going to change him and use him. And the same can be for you. God really revealed to me this morning that that's the start of the promise that you've been speaking over him because I showed you so long ago. And I'm telling you right now in your life, it is time to open up the gate of praise. Praise God for what he's doing. Praise God for your family. Praise God that even when troubles come, it allows you to see some sin in your life that you need to kick out, that you need to get away from. Because God is always good. But what's coming out of your mouth? What gate are you opening? My last point is this. Speak God's language of action. Speak faith 
Speak praise. Speak action. James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters? If you say you have faith, but do not show it by your actions. What do I mean by that? Listen to this. Listen to how Jesus said you should pray. I love this. Mark 11, verse 24. Stay with me. He said, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. For the longest time in my life, I was praying doubtful prayers. Just completely doubting what God can do. Seeing the vision of this church scared me to death. How would it all come together? I didn't know. There are many times I told God what he can't do, and God probably laughed at me. And he showed me over and over again that when you pray by faith, when you believe, when he has shown you and he has confirmed it for your life and he's spoken it over you, don't be afraid of anything that you don't know how to do. That when you pray, pray with power because when you believe in what God is going to do and it's consistent with his character, then demons have to flee. And I'm igniting a miracle by my faith. I'm praising his holy name before I even see it happen. And by action, we see these miracles. And I get it, sometimes you're just tired, right? And it it seems like, all right, it's easier to close the gate. It's easier just to give up on the relationship. It's easier just to give up on life. It's easier just to give up on your job. And sometimes you want to put your hands down. But I'm telling you today, God is telling you to put your hands up. Active words of praise, faith. Listen to this. One of my favorite stories is in Exodus chapter 17, verse 11 through 13. And the Amalekites are coming against the Israelites. And Moses tells Joshua, he says, you go and fight. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the mountain. He's speaking by faith here. I'm going to go to the mountain and I'm going to praise God. I'm going to lift that rod, that staff, and glorify God with that rod. And the Bible tells us in this story that every time he held that rod up, they were winning the battle. But every time he grew tired, they would start to lose. Look at what happened. Exodus chapter 17, verse 11 through 13. Verses 11 through 13. Anytime Moses held his hands in the air, the men of Israel would start winning the fight. But when Moses put his hands down, the men of Israel began to lose the fight. After some time, Moses' arms became tired. So what did they do? Did they give up and leave? No. They put a large rock under Moses to sit on. Then Aaron and Hur held Moses' hands in the air. And Aaron was on one side of Moses. And Hur was on the other side. And they held his hands up like this until the sun went down. So Joshua and his men defeated the Amalekites in the battle. What was Moses doing? He spoke by faith. I'm going to go to the mountain. He praised God by raising that staff. And he declared words of action. God will win this battle. But because he's a man, because he's a human being, when he grew tired, they came to help lift him up together. You realize how powerful it is. It's the body of Christ in this room to come together and praise his holy name and speak faithful words even before you see the miracle happen. Can I be stand up right here? Let me say it like this. You have no idea 
what somebody is going through right now that could be sitting right beside you or standing right beside you. You have no idea what battles they're facing. Maybe somebody is sick and they're praying for healing. Maybe they're financially stressed and they don't know how to keep going. Maybe they feel like God has called them, but they don't know how to do it. Maybe they feel lost. Maybe their marriage feels broken. Maybe their relationships feel distant. Maybe they feel alone. And it's by you and your words, by faith, that you can pray over them. That you can lay a hand on them. That you can lift up their arms and say, hey, you know what? Don't give up praising God. That's how God wins the battle in our lives. He's always going to win, but you'll see this victory every time you praise his holy name. God, I know this is hard, but this victory in your holy name. And we are called to lift each other up. Let me ask you. I said it in the beginning, and I feel like this is a word for today. That some of you, God has been calling you to come down to the altar and really let go of some things. God has called some of you to the altar to actually believe in what he has spoken over you, to believe that he can give you salvation, to believe that he is the God of miracles, to believe that he can bring redemption into your life, that he can save whatever it is that you feel is lost and broken right now, but it's up to you to walk up to this altar. It's up to you to pray over your marriage. It's up to you to come up here and give it over to God and pray on what God wants to do in your life. It is up to you to say, God, I want more of you. Maybe you feel alone. But look beside you. These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. We will lift each other up. We will encourage each other. And we do this because we praise his holy name. Because God, because God has transformed our hearts and our minds and the way that we speak. So here's what I want to do. I want you to declare victory today. I want you to boldly praise his holy name or boldly come up to this altar today and lay it all down before God. And we're going to sing one more song of praise, of worship. And this is your moment to get right with God and lay it all down at the altar. How long will you wait? Believe in the miracle. Speak active faith. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up front too. If you need prayer with anybody, we're here for you. But God is going to move today. But you have to move. You have to listen. You have to believe. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you've been blessed by this message, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss future messages. And if you feel led to give to this ministry, check out the link in the description and see the other ways you can get connected.